sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And for the second week in a row, we have a topic. This week, it is... 1776 versus Hamilton. Both musicals about the birth of our nation. The end. And that's where the similarities end. That's exactly where they end. Uh, yeah, I mean, 1776. Before we start, I think both of us dislike the music of 1776, so we're going to have bad things to say. But to be fair... Awful. Yeah. To be, to be fair, maybe the entire experience, we, uh, we're, we're not comparing the musicals themselves, we're comparing the soundtracks, or I don't think they call them soundtracks for musicals, it's uh, yeah, I don't know, original cast, cast recordings. Yeah. And uh, the cast recording of 1776 is very short, because it's a musical that doesn't have that much music. And thank God. Uh, and the, yeah, the songs were mercifully short, too. Um, yeah, they won't, uh, there's a couple songs I didn't hate, but that's about as far <laughs> as my praise is going to go. I really did not enjoy the music in, in this. Oh, you have higher praise for it than I do then. Though, um, no, so there's none that you didn't hate? I, I think so, yeah. The, I, there's the catchy ones like Sit Down, John, and um, what's the other? There's another catchy one that has uh, Kit talking to a bunch of people that they felt like they were a 70s like cartoon song like for a for a christmas movie like they're just real simple and but then there's these other ones that were they weren't simple but they were complicated in a really irritating bad way like the egg (laughs) comparing the birth of our nation to an egg yeah this it it it's just awful i mean i this is the reason i say i don't like uh musicals this kind of thing right here 1776 specifically yes now you've never heard it before nope before you said it i'd always said it though because of this because of this musical and even without having heard it and now that i've heard it i'm doubling down on it i'm i want to look at the 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 track listing because i don't remember all the names of all the songs good luck with uh remembering all of them in hamilton then Huh? Dude, did you cut off? Motherfuck. Hold on. Anyway, whatever we were saying, uh, 1776. The other song I was trying to think of was But But Mr. Adams, where he's trying to get out of writing the Constitution or whatever he's writing. I don't know. Yeah, who cares? Uh I and the, another thing I'm I'm I don't like the music and I feel bad because I know a lot of people do and sorry that I disagree with you but I think it is I'm not you're all dumb. I think it's nice that it's an an example of of pop culture that takes the like the founding fathers and t- turns them away from statues and into like regular people. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll take Schoolhouse Rock though for that kind of thing. This was so this ha- this stars William Daniels as Pat mentioned, Kit, the voice of Kit on Knight Rider. He's or a, if you like Saint Elsewhere, yeah, the voice of Saint Elsewhere. Or uh, Boy Meets World, played Mr. Feeney. 
you know, he's a fine actor. I think maybe not the person to cast as a lead in a musical. I mean, he... I don't think he really hits any bum notes or anything, but his voice is not all that pleasant to listen to. Oh, I like his voice when he's playing Kit. Michael. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. In a musical, though, uh, it doesn't work so well. So this is about, well, he plays John Adams in it. Famously played by uh, Paul Giamatti on HBO. Did you watch that? No, I didn't see it. Did you? No. I wonder if it's any good. It can't be worse than 1776. To be fair, we didn't watch 1776. No, we listened to it. Yeah. And there's this, uh, supposedly this at the time this was the the play that, that had the longest like non-singing sections or musical lo- with the longest non-singing sections on Broadway ever at the time. I don't know if that was record was beat. Maybe they really hated hearing themselves sing, so they said no. Stop singing. Yeah, they're like, William Daniels, man. Uh, we're going to cut some of your songs. Half of them. It is, so. it is very short. I mean, th- like I said, mercifully, I think the whole thing, cl- like, what's the, the longest song? Well, the longest song is like five minutes, which is pretty long. Is that the egg song? No. <laughs> the egg song is actually kind of short, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like 246 was the eight song egg song but mr adams is the longest song actually um oh that's because i have to go through everyone who says no and it it starts off enjoyable because i always enjoy hearing anything about benjamin franklin but then they go with other people who aren't as good yeah ken howard played thomas jefferson who's ken howard most famous for portraying michael scott's original boss on the office what (laughs) maybe that's not his most famous role he was also in white shadow Oh, White Shadow. Well, you just... Jeez, you should have led with White Shadow, dude. <laughs> I, was, I was playing with you. That, As a cat does. His buddy. The dog. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, oh, that's interesting. It, yeah, this did not necessarily get me interested in history. Although, I would like to see John Adams, just to see uh, if it's any good. But that really doesn't have much to do with 1776. Well, comparing this to Hamilton, for example, well, since we are comparing the two, this does not play as close to history as Hamilton does. No. This plays much, much more fast and loose with moving people around and giving Adams things that he didn't do. And yeah, so this is a little bit different. Which Although, if you're going to go that way, just make it a full out time travel thing and then it's fun. Listening to this made me think about the relationship between John Adams and Benjamin Franklin, and there's, I should look for that, there's an interesting... uh, Folklore? Anecdote? I can't believe you just cut out again, dude. Alright, we'll be back in a sec. Okay. After these messages... Oh, I thought you turned it back on. I did. Uh, We'll be right back. Oh, we are right back. An interesting what? Were you oh, anyway, say? so uh, Franklin and Adams traveled together. They did. Uh, Adams did not care for Franklin. I've not read if Franklin cared for Adams, but for a couple weird reasons. One was he thought he was very uncouth and, and dirty, and they went to France together. And Franklin, Adams thought he knew French really well. He thought Franklin knew French really well. And when he got there and he learned some French, he found out that his French was terrible. He just kind of 
got on with his big person, got along with by his big personality. And Adams was there long enough to learn French really well. And he was very upset because the other French people still liked Franklin better. And he spoke French better. And he, he thought that he, they should like him better since his French was better. But Except he's he, just a boring person. Yeah. So anyway, my favorite thing is they were traveling together. Uh, I think it was either before or during the Revolutionary War, wanting to talk to an ambassador from Britain about a peace and what they could do and you know just negotiate. And uh, on their way there, they stopped in an inn, and there was only two rooms in the inn. And there, two, three people were traveling together, and for whatever reason, the one guy got his own room, and Franklin and Adams had to sleep together in the same bed. And uh, <laughs> they got into an argument because Adams went to the window closed and Franklin wanted it open. And so Adams was, is, wrote about this in his memoirs or diary or whatever. And so Franklin said, uh, uh, Franklin says, come, he told Adams, open the window and come to bed. And I will convince you. I believe you are not acquainted with my theory of colds. And at the time people thought people got sick when it was cold out. And so Adams wanted the window closed so he wouldn't get sick from the cold air. And Franklin said, it has nothing to do with cold air, you kook. So he did it, and they lied side by side for, for Adam said, forever, as Franklin harangued me, talking about the air and cold and respiration and perspiration until I fell asleep out of boredom. <laughs> well, uh, point to Adams on that, because I, that would put me to sleep, too, I think. Yeah, but... Point to Franklin for knowing that cold didn't get you sick. Well, true. <laughs> but, you know, that's not really the person you want to be bunking down with. No, it wasn't by choice. But uh, I, I just, I mean, going by that story, because I've, I've not read anything that Franklin has said about Adams, but I, I really like that that portrayal of Franklin, where he's right, but he just kind of talks and talks and talks. And, and, and Adams, and this is a story from Adams, it makes Adams sound like a fussbucket. Like a little petulant kid. And actually, when I read the story originally, I was thinking, this is just planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh my God, I wonder Steve. if it's based on that. <laughs> Steve Martin is John Adams. Anyway, that has nothing to do with 1776, aside from both characters being in it. Far more interesting, though. <laughs> yes. Music from so 1776. That, that's one of the changes, I, I guess, they made that uh, Adams and Franklin are friendly. We're but, like buddy-buddy. Yeah. Well, it's. I think it's telling that, you know, Franklin's probably Franklin probably didn't write about Adams that much. Just more telling of Adams' <laughs> boring personality, right? Like, I do need to watch that movie, because that's what I feel like about John Adams. He's just kind of like... Uh, kind of dull, mm -hmm. like didn't inspire much passion. You know, he had the he had the misfortune to be around at a time with all these like really charismatic dudes, and uh, and he's just like the the washed up rag of the bunch. I think that's a term. Sorry about all these uh, hangups, folks. I don't know if something's going wacky with Skype, but uh, we'll be off Skype soon using a new method anyway yeah john adams so he, he had the feud with hamilton and uh some people claim that in we're going to be talking about more about hamilton next time well not next time soon and after the break but uh there's a line in hamilton where uh they say uh, martha washington named her uh, tomcat hamilton because he was such a um like a Mario. yeah yeah and some people claim that's not true that that is something John Adams claimed because he was such a he was having a feud with him. He just he said all kinds of crap about him after he died. Politics has always been the same. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. 
So yeah, he's boring, and he had he got he had the unfortunate uh, <laughs> effect of having having a feud with someone who had a very famous Broadway play uh, written after him. After uh, you know, tw- when was seventeen seventy six? Like twenty years ago? Yeah, at least. I'm gonna say twenty three. So yeah, Hamilton wins so far. <laughs> so far, let's see. Uh... See what happens next year. Because even even when you when you talk about Ad, uh, Hamilton, I'm sorry. When you talk about Hamilton, the feud you think of is not the feud he had with Adams. Right. No. That is no. Not exactly. the feud you think of. I, I mean, mean, you think of Jefferson. You think of, uh, well, the guy who killed him. Yeah. So, James you know? Earl Ray. <laughs> that's that's actually Jefferson's assassin. Oh shit! See, I know. I get them all mixed up. They all all those white men in wigs. It is another one with three names. It's A. Ron Burr. Oh, yeah. A. Ron. It's like L. Ron Hubbard, mm-hmm. except uh, more popular. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I didn't mind the, his singing. It just was, wasn't was the best singing. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's not William like, Daniels. especially when you compare the two plays. Like I, I feel like for Broadway, you want... You know, you want somebody like Patti LuPone, somebody who can, like, knock it out of the park every night. And William Daniels is just, like, some dude singing. It did win the Tony for Best Musical. I saw that. That's 1976 did. Uh, I don't know what its competition was, but, man, it was not. I mean, it didn't. When did it come out? Uh, I don't know what year it came out. Yeah, so I know. I've been looking for that through the whole thing. I'm, like... So it came out in 69, so it's not like, oh, we're going to give this award because it's 1976 and we're all very patriotic. Right. 69? Hair was there. They could have given it to Hair. Oh, was Hair that year? Yep. That was what, one of the nominees. Way better music than this. Promises, Promises, never heard of it. Uh, what? Uh, music's written by Burt Bacharach, so I have to say that's better. It's got to be, yeah. And the... the the Oh, the music's written by Bacharach, and it's based on a Neil Simon... Oh, it's based on The Apartment. Oh, the Jack Lemmon movie? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so that is almost almost certainly better. And the Bacharach then the music? How come I never even heard of that? That's crazy. I'd think it, yeah, I'd think that would have to be better. Bacharach music lyrics by somebody else. Hal, Hal David. David, yeah, they always did work together. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Zorba yeah. was the last one. Oh. Never heard that either, but I'm sure it was better than 1776. Got to be based on Zorba the Greek, right? With yep. uh, Anthony Quinn. Uh, funny story about Anthony Quinn. He used to uh, like to pretend he was a horse when he went to restaurants, and so he'd only neigh his orders. And uh, woe to you if you didn't get what he was saying from his neighing. Anyway, that is an interesting anecdote. Mm-hmm. Just so Hollywood artists, you know. Yeah. I I just. I just wondered. I I wonder how often this has come back because 1776. As much as I disliked the music, especially later on, and especially the 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 songs that are given to the women, they just are awful. Yes. Um. I'm, yeah, I'm glad we both agree on that. And but the women can actually sing in this. I think Betty Buckley, who is the mother from Eight, is enough. Oh, I'm not. A, oh, really? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not criticizing their voice. No, I mean, no, I know. The songs know. themselves were just overwrought yes and went on and and you're saying they're short but they felt like they went on forever like we talked about doing this episode another day and i said well it'll give me time to re-listen to 1776 but let's do it today anyway because i did not want to re-listen to these songs no 
No, they're not good songs, and they were written by like some, I guess, some dude who was like a pop songwriter in the fifties and sixties. Was he from that thing you always talk about the the building, the Brill Building? The Brill Building? I don't know. It just so I'm gonna look him up right now. His name was Sherman Edwards. Are you still there? Yep. Okay. I he wrote a song with Hal David. Yeah. Uh, Broken Hearted well, Melody. So the, sung but, by Sarah Vaughn. But this this is what I couldn't figure out the. The 1776 we listened to, this was the original cast recording, right, from 69. It was not the 1972 film. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was the film. Why? What the, What does it... It wouldn't make any difference. I was just wondering. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. So, pop songs written by Edwards. Um, have not heard... Oh, Johnny Get Angry. Okay, I know that one by Joni Summers. Uh, that's the only one I've ever heard of. So, I'm going to say not Brill Building, because... He would have known a lot more, done a lot more if he was. So that Brill Building stuff, there'd be, they'd write a bunch of songs. They, it was like a nine to five job, and they'd write songs. Would they get their names in the songs? Yeah, as songwriters, it... yeah. Okay. I mean, because I, I was that's like Carol King, um, was Brill Building, and uh, I think Lieber and Stoller were Brill Building. Yeah, they definitely got their names on the songs. Hello. Motherfuck. Anyway, what's what's that now? So I I was thinking maybe the Brill Building people were like the comic book writers and and artists from the forties who were uncredited, but they were definitely credited. No, they were yeah, they were. Well, I mean that's just BMI and ASCAP rules, man. You can't. That's that's publishing. You can't get fuck. I mean, you can get fucked out of publishing if you have like a dishonest. Uh, so how old are those rules? Oh, dude. They go way back. Um, I mean, they've refined them and stuff, but I think uh, ASCAP started in the 40s, uh, or BMI started in the 40s as a um, as kind of an answer to ASCAP. Um, one one or the other, anyway, um, because one, it seemed like, was not as fair for, like, radio rights and shit. I don't know. It was a big convoluted thing, but uh, so one of them went back even farther than that, is my point. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I mean, there the, you could definitely somebody could take credit for your song, um, and register it as their song and fuck you out of it that way. But that's not the way it was working for Brill Building. It's only if you were black, really, they did that to you. So, um, yeah. Anyway, fully credited. That's why. Uh, that's why you don't see the monkeys' names on their uh, songs. Oh, you mean they would have liked to have done that to make it look like... Because they did write some songs. They did, No, they did, yeah. The ones they wrote, you do. But everybody knew that their songs were written by, you know, um, Carol King and Neil Diamond and okay. and uh, all those other people. So, so mon- the monkeys, monkeys songs were Brill Building songs? Or is that after they left? Uh, Brill Building writers, yeah. I, I don't okay. know. It, it's interesting. I don't know how long the Brill Building was like in existence. I kind of feel like it it stopped being a thing once the Beatles came along and were writing their own stuff. And then everybody started doing that. But, um, I'm sure it, they limped along for a, a bit more. I wonder what's going on in the Brill building now. Oh gosh. I would, I would imagine now it's like the, the IDM Brill building EDM. Why did I say IDM? I don't even know what IDM is. International digital music. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's a good thing that we could look up sometime, um, but probably not right now. 
Brill building. Okay, anyway. The fucking Brill building. Uh, yeah, so... Burt Bacharach and Hal David were there. Uh, Sonny Bono, Boyce and Hart, Neil Diamond. Uh, Andy Kim of Kung Fu Fighting fame. Marvin Hamlish. Uh, Jerry Goffin and Carol King. And so on and so forth. Did you read that as a list, or is that just people you thought of? Phil Spector? No, I'm reading it off a list. Oh, okay, that's... That's good. Oh, Marvin Hamlish. That reminds me of role models where Christopher Mintz Pearl, however you say his name, uh, what is uh, McLovin says, people say I look like a young Ma- uh, Martin Hamlish. Who the hell is Martin Hamlish? <laughs> well, the Brill Building is actually uh, 1619 Broadway in New York. And there are Broadway video is located there the offices of Broadway Video. Famous Music, co-ed records. So a lot of music. Mills Music, Southern Music, TM Music. Paul Simon Music. Um, yeah. Anyway, dude, this conversation has been so uh, cut up because of all these... Interruptions. Sk- Skype interruptions. That, yeah. I mean, welcome interruptions, by the way. I can't... This is not an episode where we needed a break because we were having a good conversation. Yeah. Fucking Scientology, man. Scientology owns Skype now. That's true. We did mention L. Ron Hubbard. Ah, <sighs> shit. There it is. Yep, the stinking elephant in the room. Um, anyway, I would say that... Well, you know what? I'll actually say it during Hamilton, and I'll bring this back up, because I don't want to... But uh, 1776, not, not fun... I mean, like you said, it's, you know, they, it kind of humanizes these dudes who were, you know, you always see as kind of stodgy and, and maybe not quite human. I think not enough. um, I think the saving grace for this musical, if you watch the musical is that there's a long break in between songs. Yes. So you don't have to listen. But other than that, no, not fun. I like the yeah I, I do like the humanization. I mean, they, shut up, John. is it's fun. It's fun to think of these. You know, you think of these statues. They're 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 gods now. We can't even change their words and the Constitution. That's so important. But they were just people. Yeah, I mean, Laws. when I whenever I think of the founding fathers, I always try to think of them fucking, fucking each other or their wives. Both. They were libertines. So a whole on revolutionary orgy. I mean, well, they had a new country to start. They needed as many bodies as they could use. Well, that that means fucking each other was just a waste of semen. But they didn't know. The oh, science wasn't that advanced back then. That's, that's true. Thomas Jefferson always wanted a baby, and they said, "You have babies. I want a baby of my own." Yeah, I want a, I want a uh, full white baby. That's what he said. Um. Yeah, Jefferson. Who is in both 1776 and Hamilton? Along Adams. With John Adams. Well, is does John Adams? I don't think he's in it. I think he's characters in it, but I don't think. I mean, they're talk about him, but does anyone play John Adams in Hamilton? Does he have? Let's I don't, think, I don't uh, think he has any songs or anything. I can't remember any. I know. I I don't. There's well, Madison and Jefferson and. Yeah, uh, I don't think I, I think I know that they name reference him, but I don't think he has a part. But I might be wrong. Principal roles and major casts. You are not wrong. Yeah. 
Um, He's made fun of by the king. Oh, King George. That guy was a cut-up. So King George was not in 1776. There's not. It's funny that there is not a lot of crossover. We don't. Well, we don't know. We don't know what happened in the non-musical uh, interludes of the story. That might have been where all the fun was, where all the I'm characters were. Going by the principal characters and original cast. Oh, oh, I see. Well, way to make me look like the fool. I wish I could do that more often, but you are too quick-witted for my. Slow. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know what to say about this. This, the, the young, the youngsters listening to this, you, you kids, uh, what with your uh, title and all, you're not gonna be into this. I actually knew this was gonna be a problem because um, I tried to find the soundtrack uh, somewhere illegally, and it was not to be found. And literally everything is to be found illegally. Uh, I you... was looking forward to it, listening to this because I had never heard it, and it Same just here. seemed like people always said at least happy things about it. But I, I didn't like it. Look, it was '69, man. They were happy about everything, oh. not necessarily through natural means. And you like hair? You know what? I need to rewatch the movie. I loved it when I was eight when the movie came out, and. Uh, there's this song in it that goes, uh, sodomy, fellatio, cunnilingus, pederasty, father, why do these words sound so nasty? Masturbation can be fun. Come join the holy orgy, Kama Sutra, everyone. And I didn't know what those words meant when I was eight. So I asked my mom and she's like, no. Uh, <laughs> so I went and looked them all up in the dictionary. She just said no. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm thinking that the reason... So it was more, hair was more educational to me than 1776 is what I'm trying to say. The reason that 1776 beat hair in the Tonys is, is somewhat obvious. And I didn't know hair was... I thought hair was just that they got naked. I didn't know that the lyrics were also risque. Oh, yeah. they. I mean, they well, they tackled like race and all kinds of stuff in hair. So, yeah. I, I guess I could see if... Although you kind of think... If anybody's going to be super liberal, it's going to be like uh, Broadway people, even more than Hollywood. But yeah, I don't know. I think we think that now, but maybe now, in the sixties yeah. it was more conservative, and there there was definitely a backlash towards non-conservative things. So maybe that that group held sway, or maybe people just really liked seventeen seventy six at the time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was fun to see. I don't know. Maybe it had like really cool sets and like yeah. can cannons going off and shit. And the humanizing of maybe at that time that was that was different. That, that was it, new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe they had John Adams writing a, a nuclear bomb, like in Doctor Strangelove. I don't know, but I can tell you the music doesn't hold up. Nope. And even uh, from '69, a bad year for music just in general. Uh, the yeah, this is bad. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break because uh, I think we'll have more to say about the next subject. Which is Hamilton. Yeah, uh, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. 
Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. Oh. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, Brian Stuckin's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the stars. It's gonna take some. We're back with Hamilton. Hamilton. Everybody uh, loves it. Everybody who's heard Hamilton loves it. And it's funny because uh, I think there's like four or five podcasts I listen to regularly that had talked about it for months. Yeah, Hamilton. that's where I first heard about it. I didn't even know it was a thing except uh, until I started hearing about it on podcasts. So I and, mean, now you can't really avoid that it's a thing. I, I think everybody knows. but Yeah, but for a long time before... I mean, it was always a thing. He had won the Tony, uh, I forget his name, Lin-Manuel. Lin-Manuel Noriega. Lin, yeah. Or, uh, or as Matt Wilkie and Comedy Bang Bang say, Lin-Manuel. No, it wasn't Comedy Bang Bang. I forget where I heard the joke, but Lin-Manuel, Carrie Bradshaw. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so he was already pretty popular for In the Heights. And this yes. Hamilton was, like in preview, was sold out. So it was very hotly anticipated he 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 did the opening song at the white house uh six years ago like well before the rest of the play was written so people were excited about it but well let's say um, when you say people you're talking about like hardcore broadway yeah people the theater goers yeah but but even still like uh so comedy bang bang had been talking about hamilton for a long time before it got popular outside of the broadway circles they, they were talking about it in like definitely i heard it in december when they had the episode with with scott Ackerman and um uh john ralphio and they they had the they had the voicemail from from lin-manuel uh saying yes. happy, happy new year which was really fun and they had the story about going to see hamilton and then uh john hodgman has been talking about it forever on his show and most importantly michael ian black had had uh had him had the writer on in like i think it was last summer it was before hamilton was even in previews he had him on talking about it on his show the uh how to be awesome and i heard that in in the fall and still i never listened to it until recently i was not convinced even though all these awesome people but the the thing that when you listen to that interview with michael ian black uh he he is so exuberant about everything and it's not like the chris hardwick where i don't think it's real it's it's real oh, it's real you could tell that i was gonna bring that up too like the dude just like loves life and it's kind of infectious like you don't even hate him for it yeah and that is awesome and, it, and his story the he has a story about uh like a best friend i can't remember if it's a best friend or girlfriend who dies when he's really young and it's affected him the rest of his life and he says in the michael ian black interview he said something like there, there's the the part of the song where it's like um Oh, I'm, I'm fine. I, it's when when Hamilton gets shot. He says something like, "I've been dying, I've been dying in my, in my, my mind head. for yeah. so long." It, yeah, this feels. Yeah, yeah. This feels so familiar. And that he says this is probably the most autobiographical moment of of all my writing. It's as I think about dying all the time, and I, it's, it's just something that I think about because of this happening. But but at the same time, he loves life. He's just he's super exuberant. He did that that speech he gave at the at the, at the Tonys, Tonys. was. 
so great. Yeah, so I, I was going to say, it's funny because I don't know shit about Broadway or what's on Broadway, but I love watching the Tonys every year. Yeah. It's like one of the only award shows I watch. I don't know why. <laughs> I find them, well, you know, they're all kind of, they're so much happier than than the people at the Academy Awards and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm All right, well, let me start off with the negatives, which aren't really negative, but... Um, I think I will I will say right now I don't have any negatives but go ahead we talked about uh, before well before we really even discussed doing this podcast but um, like I had heard you know oh it's like hip-hop but it's like hip-hop fans aren't going to be like oh listen to those sick sick beats you know and those mad rhymes like it's not it's hip-hop it's a Broadway musical interpretation of hip-hop basically it's like what what to hip hop, what uh, Jesus Christ Superstar is to rock, you know, it's it's a Broadway musical. Which I had heard hip hop, and I was like, yeah, really? And I was like, no, it's not, it's not. But you know, that that that's fine. It's it is a Broadway musical, so it's fine that it's Broadway musical version of it. Um, I wouldn't even go. I wouldn't call it a Broadway interpretation of hip hop. I would call it just in, in Lin Manuel Miranda's idea of how rap works in the context of this play of like Broadway. i don't yeah so it's not like it's not like he no. sought out to make a hip-hop musical this is just the kind of music he likes right and integrated it into a musical he wants because i thought the music went all over the place i thought it does no totally i think it's a disservice to call it a hip-hop musical because it does so many other things no it's got like it's got like classic rock and yacht rock and like straight on just broadway musical stuff and yeah yeah, yeah it's it's awesome how how it goes all over the place. And to go back about to that Michael Ian Black interview, because Michael Ian Black said something, you're making a hip hop musical. Why, where would that even come from? And he says, well, it's not really a hip hop musical. And I didn't so, so go out to do that because when you think of that sort of thing, you think of the, the, I'm just a tooth or I'm a gold tooth from, from Mr. Show. Which, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool that he referenced Mr. Show. That's what's awesome about, about the guy that his references are stuff I love. So well, he does seem to be a big, big time comedy fan. So yeah. So yeah. he loves like he loves comedy. Bang bang. It, he listens to he. He went up to Jason Manzukis and said, uh, hey, "Hey, dong man." man. Yeah. <laughs> so he retweets. He, he retweets comedy. Bang bang stuff. So it. Yeah. I. So going in, like I said, going in, and I'm not a big musical fan, but there are musicals I like. Like. I think at one point I was really anti-musical because of Phantom of the Opera, and I thought that's what all musicals were like. But then I heard other musicals like Sondheim musicals are really good. I like those. Yeah, you got to pick Sondheim over Weber for sure. Yeah, and even Les Miserables, I don't, don't, I don't hate. It's just Phantom of the Opera. I, I really have a huge problem with with even sitting through that one. I have, but, yeah, I have a huge problem with all of Andrew Lloyd Webber. But... Yeah, aside from when he's on Comedy Bang Bang. Yes. Uh... But but yeah, so. That's probably one of the reasons I t- it took a long time to listen to, to Hamilton because I don't always like musicals, but when I do, I do, and I really like this. Go Same. ahead with the well, and well, this is the other kind of negative, but it's not it's not really again like so it's this is just my thing like musicals still it's not really my bag, um, mm-hmm. and I think I figured out it's because to me the singing is very trained like it's not a lot of stuff from the heart like when somebody's writing their own songs about themselves 
especially when you have to tell a story, it's very hard to do that. Like, it's more acting, mm-hmm. I feel like, than actually feeling, which... But I would disagree, especially for this play, because the feeling in in, um, in the songs later in the play are, are over the top, like, pushing your, your heart <laughs> out of your body. They're so sad. But and it's, part of it is the emotion you hear in their voices while they're singing. You do, but I still feel like that's more acting, acting than, than feeling it. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a minor quibble, and that's just like my thing. But I will. It doesn't like stop me from appreciating uh, what an achievement this is. And I would, I would, and I, I would don't... say, sorry, I would say that like it's not the kind of thing I would put on all the time for pleasure. But if it came on, I wouldn't turn it off. You know what I mean? I can still enjoy it. It's just. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Queen. Like, I can't listen to Queen for three straight hours. You know what I mean? That kind of over-the-top shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I do like Queen. So, anyway, I that's it. I could listen to this more often than I could maybe another musical because... Definitely. There, there's so much variety in the music. It's so... From song to song, it's so different. And the best songs um, recur as motifs. Yes, which is... Which awesome and really well done and they they don't only recur in motifs because that you know that's what you do i guess i don't know if other musicals do it as I much but that's yeah that's what, just kind of repeating a line but they're also repeating themes in his life of of things he's going through and i think that's really cool that it's not just it's not just musical repeats but it's thematic life like uh, story repeats which really cool uh, my only complaint about it would be i think i had a dream the other night where they did a a, a pop version of right hand man on the on the radio and it was awful <laughs> so that, your complaint is something that happened in your dream that yes. didn't really happen in reality yes that's my only that is my a fair criticism complaint. thank you yeah i think well another complaint i had initially was uh it was hard to tell who was singing sometimes who was singing what because um you know all those people sound alike they really do. by those people i mean broadway singers um, aside from Jefferson, everybody sounds very similar in this play. But after you listen to it, I a don't couple know times, you, yeah, you get it. Yeah, but not it, only do you get it by the, the context clues, but the voices start to sound different to me after I listen to it. Yeah, no, totally. And and I mean, it would be nice to have like the lyric sheet. Yeah. Though yeah. still, like that would be cool to see who's saying what. But yeah, yeah. no, you it, you figure it out. Um, and you know, before before this, like seriously, all I knew about Hamilton was that. He was the face on the $55 bill. He was our 89th president because only presidents can be on currency. And he was killed by that dude who played Perry Mason. But now I know that... All uh, those facts are wrong. Yeah. He was he was of Puerto Rican ancestry. Didn't know that. Uh, he married Eliza Dushku. Did not know that. And Did you listen it. to the musical Underwater? Don't, isn't that how you listen to all your music? Mm-hmm. In a I'm bathtub? Just, I'm making conversation. Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. Me too. Great way to listen to it. Uh, historical stuff that I didn't know, and there was a lot. No, I think and there's stuff I learned from the musical, but there's even more that I learned in research after listening to the musical. Like, like that whole John Adams, Ben Franklin stuff that I learned, I learned because in this thing, in this <laughs> – oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. In Hamilton, there is a callback to 1776 where I forget. I can't. There's so many songs I can't remember them all. But 
uh, in between songs where it says that John Adams called uh, Hamilton a something something Creole bastard or something like that, and, and Hamilton responded by saying, "Sit down, John, you motherfucker." <laughs> so he did reference 1776 in a great way. Yes, I I did. Look, man, it's it's really well done. There's no way to argue with that. I, what I was going to say before that I said I'd bring up in Hamilton is, I guarantee you this will be used in history classes, whereas 1776 wouldn't because it would be just as boring as actual history classes. Yes. This will make shit come alive in a way that I just can't imagine they're not going to use it. It totally does. I mean, the Burr, in, in, and before hearing this, was a very, very boring character. And hearing this, it turns him into this exciting... Ex- and it's because he was excited. By, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was excited by Burr. He's like, I might write a sequel. I might write a sequel just about Aaron Burr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally the extent of my knowledge of Aaron Burr was that he shot Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, well, what is he, second, third vice president? Other than that... Right, right. But then, like, that's what I was talking about looking up other stuff. I looked up at his life. He, he did do crazy things. I mean, aside from the, the Hamilton stuff and running for vice, being a senator and all that. But afterwards, he, like, he went out west and tried to become the, what did he want to call himself? He wanted to be the the, <laughs> the king of Mexico or the, the emperor of Mexico. <laughs> he went on this power trip after he killed Hamilton because he knew he wasn't, nobody wanted him around uh, around the the United States, so he just went and tried to take over Mexico. Didn't work. But on he was the other like hand, the Trump of his day. Nope, I was just going to say something. That he definitely wasn't the Trump of his day because he, before anyone else, wanted women to vote. Oh he yeah, was, definitely not then. Yeah, he was he was supportive of of uh, women's suffrage. I don't know how he felt about slavery, but he was supportive of of women's suffrage. And he had, I think, I don't know how many daughters, or at least one that who he made sure got a full education and um, treated her with respect. And she, she supported him for the rest of it. Like not supported him. I think he, he was, it's interesting. He was an interesting guy after he unsuccessfully tried to take over Mexico. He married someone rich so he could continue doing the things he wanted to do. Cause he was running out of money. Yeah. That, I mean, it is, it's cool. I did a little bit of research too. One of the, things I learned about Hamilton was that he was one of the few actual abolitionists among the Mm -hmm. founding fathers, um, which I guess was not known until somewhat recently because I guess scholars had claimed he was, uh, he was for slavery for a while. And and that was like where it stood because, you know, they wrote the books, but it turns out. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, I mean, I didn't know shit about his son either. That very strange. Like I was like, wait, what? (laughs) because <laughs> when i first heard that song i was like oh this they're already up to the duel nope oh you're okay yeah 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 i think i think i might have known his son had died but uh that part of the like so on facebook i put i'm um, listening to this and really enjoying it i was like maybe a third of the way through i was just you know just lightly talking about it and someone responded and said she really loved it and went on and on about it and said, and it made me cry. And I was like, I was listening to it. And I was like, I guess, you know, I really like this music and it's really good, but it's not, it doesn't affect me in that way. I think maybe other people feel more deeply. And then I, he, I get to the part, the song where the sun dies, which I can't remember the name of that, but then the song, and that's really sad. It's really, really well done 
and it's earned because you throughout the musical you're you're getting pieces of the son when he's a little kid when he's a little baby and then there's this so at the end of that song the the son is singing with his mother and singing the same song they had him singing when he was nine years old or uh, like five right, years when he was old a kid yeah so sweet and just so heartbreaking and you think how like and it's because you're you're identifying with Alexander Hamilton who told his son just put your put the gun up in the air that's what men do and the other dueler just shot him in the head or you know wherever he shot him but oh he didn't shoot him in the head because he didn't die instantly anyway so then the the song after that is it's quiet uptown yes and I bawled my eyes out it's such a it's so heartbreaking it's so beautiful very good song so it's just like now I understand what she's talking about but maybe she cried before that I don't know but it's it's a beautiful song yeah um. Yeah, no, it's, like I said, it's well done all around. I mean, you can just see the craft coming out of his ass when you, when you listen to it. Um, super impressive. And the it's funny. In, it's, it is funny. There's humor in it, yeah. All kinds of, like, little, little like, throwaways. Asides, away, yeah. Asides, asides and just the, like, if you don't know the story behind things, it's not as funny as if you do when, like, little stuff they say and then there's the just the fact that they turned the the debates about uh giving money to france and starting the the national bank they turned those into rap battles is hilarious yeah yeah and yeah just a little even just little things like you said like the a little oh shit here you know and like <laughs> yeah or or when the 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 cuckolded husband writes the letter and he gets the uh i'm the husband of the woman you're fuck yeah funny <laughs> No, it's like I feel like it's also like it's got to be kind of like a Grateful Dead concert. Like you have to see it live too to really get all of it. I'm sure. Yeah, I th- I think so. I I when the traveling thing comes around, I know it's not the same, but I I will almost certainly see this. If if it wasn't so expensive, I would try for sure. But yeah, that's what I I think it turned out that to see Hamilton in San Francisco, it's going to be about seven hundred dollars. Oh, it's, it'll be more than that because you have to buy a season pass. So, well, no, uh, Michael Mars responded to our oh, did he episode where we originally talked about this, and he said four four to five hundred dollars for the season pass, and then and then I guess Hamilton would cost whatever that costs. Right, but you're still not even guaranteed that you'll get a seat to Hamilton. That's the problem. So that's a real ripoff. Yeah, um, but still, it's if there's a way to see it, I'll I'll, I'll see it. But if it's like seven hundred dollars, no, I will not see it. Yeah, which it probably will be. I mean, you can just go to New York and see it. I yeah, guess. I could. Yeah. But again, that it's like twelve hundred dollars. The tickets are sold out. I guess I could go in the try to try to win the lottery. Yeah, and yeah. well, because it's not going to tour Philadelphia, right? Like it's too close to New York. I wouldn't think it's going. But did you hear PBS is going to do a thing? Yeah, I'll watch that. I'll watch. It, although know. it's not going to be like the full play, I don't think it's. They haven't decided what they're going to do, but whatever they put will be enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, the 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 visit of the cast to to the White House is worth watching if you've seen it. It's on YouTube where they sing the first the first song. Oh, cool! So they have everybody there, and that's when I realized that that another great thing about Hamilton it has a person who was a a, a large part of the I think third season of Person of Interest playing Aaron Burr. I didn't couldn't tell by his singing voice, but when I saw him, I was like, "Shit!" Oh no, shit! Yeah. Leslie uh, Leslie Odoms Jr. I think his name is. Oh yeah, and uh, David, who's the guy's the guy's name is plays Jefferson. Uh, shoot, I know it's David. I can't remember his last name. Anyway, he has a a band called Clipping that is incredible. Oh yeah, I know Clipping. Yeah, 
You already knew about I Clipping. I didn't, I didn't know, know that that was him, though. I mean, I didn't know he Diggs, was in Hamilton. David Diggs, who plays Jefferson, is the, the rapper for Clipping. And Clipping is awesome. I had never heard of it until recently. And yeah. Yeah, they'll be on my next month's best of. I, they didn't quite make it this month because I had too much shit. But uh, Which which song? From the new one? Because that new album's really good. Or yeah. The EP, whatever it's called. Um, and I, I don't know. I can't think of the song right now. But, but I, yeah, I, it's an EP. The, the whole thing is... Uh, somehow SM related so i feel like whatever he's rapping is is terrible but i still like it his voice is awesome yeah no it's good and, um, he, and he's really it's when you say uh hamilton is in hip-hop clipping is is it is oh it, it is totally yeah <laughs> no it's real it's for it's the real deal it's really good it's it was going to be my recommendation but there's a book i i read and i wanted to talk about before recommendations it's oh yeah he um, I mean, anytime you read a book, that's... Yeah, well, once a year. Yeah. That's when I recommend stuff. Um, well, to be fair, it was read, read to me by W. Diggs. Is that your manservant? <laughs> no, that's the guy who plays Jefferson in Lafayette. Ah, clipping. Just call him Clipping, dude. It's um, clipping, bitch. Yeah, I... Oh, well, the He's other... He's Oakland. You should know him. You probably have walked by him in the street. I probably have just like avoided eye contact. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy looks like he might be in a hip hop group. Better, I better cross the street. the The other thing I learned about Hamilton from this was um, he was an early advocate for recycling, and yet uh, there was one thing that he refused to throw away. Do you know what that was? No, what is that? His shot. Probably for the best because, you know, New York back then in the 1400s, pretty, pretty garbage strewn. People used to just like throw their piss out their windows. I mean, they had toilets, but they didn't have the Internet, so they had to do something for fun. And that is fun, even with the Internet. Mm -hmm. And so this play kind of makes Hamilton into a genius where all his ideas were great. Some of his ideas maybe weren't so great, like... He wanted the president and the Senate to be uh, lifetime. Right, but I th- I think that was also um, it, that wasn't just Hamilton. I don't think. I mean, no, I'm not I'm not saying it was just him, but uh, I I don't think that would have been a good. No, idea. that would have been that would have been Madness. replacing one monarch with another, basically. Yes. Um, but the, um, of course, the monarch selected, but still. But I I mean I know his ideas were clear and they do make sense when you look at when there's change in power, but I. You know, I think it was probably hard for people to grasp that there could be a change of power. And then that makes it clear in this, too. And that's interesting that changing power is a big, 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 big deal. And somehow America decided to do it in a different way. And because that's what the the King songs are, that the John Adams King song is so great. It's like, this isn't going to last. It's a little pipsqueak. There's no way I'm going to go back in and take over. Right. Because when I first listened to it, I was like, "These, why are these songs with the king in It doesn't really have much to the story. And I mean, they're really good. I enjoy listening to them. It kind of reminds me of listening to Divine Comedy, but they're, they're, they're not really a part of the, like, what does it have to do with Hamilton? But then as I listened to it, I was like, oh, it makes more sense. Yeah. I think. This guy knows what he's doing, Pat. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. The, it's got like the harpsichord and stuff. Yeah. It does yeah. kind of have that Divine Comedy sound. Um. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I it it's kind of sad because now it makes me really want to see Hamilton, um, which I'm not going to be able to do. 
but that PBS thing will hopefully have. Yeah, they should just show the whole thing. I mean, the whole everybody wants to see it now. You know, they like, don't know if they are or not. From what I understand, it might just be bits and pieces, or it might be the whole thing. That would be awesome if they could do the whole thing. Yeah, I guess. I guess the thing is, if you have the whole thing, people won't be as eager to go get tickets. But I, seeing it in person is much different than seeing it on television. So. Yeah, no, totally. I that's I haven't been to live theater for a long time, but yeah, it's always well, unless it's really a horrible thing like those Wallace Shawn plays. It's always fun live theater. It's like a, a whole different experience. It's like watching a watching a concert on TV. It's never as fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Even community theater, like uh, in a small town, is it's not always super well done, but it's usually pretty fun to go see it. And a lot of the time, it's super well done. Yeah, no, I I mean, there's so many talented people all over, you know, that that are never going to be household names. But but, yeah, there are people who take the shit seriously and do good jobs. So and so I, I mean, this irritated me. The, the So Judge John Hodgman had this woman on who who's very passionate about singing, but doesn't want to do community theater. And like the, the it was two people. The, the show is about uh, people write in and say. Uh, they have something for the judge to decide. And this guy who's best friends with the woman says he wants her to do community theater and she's too shy and she's not sure. And they listened to some clips of her singing and her passion about it. And they said, you have to do it. But the thing that was so irritating is the little guy that's like not famous, but he's the host of the show. The whole time he was like bagging on community theater and talking about um, traveling. What's the travel? The traveling salesman musical anyway he was talking about that the whole time the, the music man and just being so dismissive and it's just like shut up there's nothing wrong with community theater it can be a great experience full of art it's stupid to be so elitist yes that kind of snobbery get i mean it really only hurts the snobs you know what i mean so yeah fuck yeah. them but yeah <laughs> i i know it is it's really insulting to the rest of us too like people who enjoy this shit so yeah exactly I, I, yeah because I, I had seen the producers the the movie and i didn't think not the original movie which i did enjoy but the musical movie with nathan lane and matthew, uh, matthew broderick and i didn't care for it that much it was just okay and then i went to uh, visit uh a, a, my friend and i mean my cousin in state college and they have a friend who's a community college i mean not community college community theater director and he was putting together a production of, of the producers like well it's a friend of theirs so i'm not gonna say bad things but i'm not gonna enjoy it but i went and it was and i went to see it and it was outstanding it was funny and it, it captured everything that the movie wasn't able to capture so i imagine at the in the theater nathan lean and matthew broderick were awesome just like these people in the community theater were yeah no it, totally i mean so I've it's seen... like yeah, some things are much better in the theater. Go I've ahead, seen sorry. college productions of, like, Shakespeare, with not even arts colleges, just, like, fucking colleges that were awesome, you know? Right. Yeah, it's 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 a different thing being there live, and I I would it would be awesome to be able to see ha- Hamilton live. They do have that lottery thing that, uh, you know, for charity that he's doing. Have you seen that? No, what's that? Yeah, so Lin-Manuel uh, Noriega is doing this thing for... Um, charity where you know you can bid and you know there's different levels and and you get more chances to go see it live you know the more you give um, oh that's cool but yeah so but that is but, a prize but they also have the daily lottery yes no totally so that's too and and i don't but this mind one you get for free and you get to meet him and stuff so oh that's awesome yeah yeah i mean not for free you know you donate right but yeah. you can 
I mean, the donations start at like five dollars, so you know, it's not it's not bad. Um, I I don't I'm not as obsessed like some people were. They got tickets to see it this summer, like in August or whatever, and they're very disappointed that some of the main cast isn't going to be there. But I don't mind that. Like, I don't. I think it would be good whoever. I mean, I think if I if I were to see it live and like I maybe I had tickets for September. Uh, 17th and the 16th, the V digs were leaving. I would be really disappointed by that because I think he's the the least replaceable. But it would still be awesome without him. Is so. he the one? Did he win the Tony? Uh, he won a Tony. I think it wasn't just him. Uh, Leslie Odoms won the Tony for playing Aaron Burr. And I, yes. I, and I don't know. I think they won other Tonys too. Yeah, they won like 11, I think. But I mean, other other actors. Oh, other actors from the, yeah. But yeah, yeah, he he did win for. I don't know what his character was like was supporting i don't know how the like i know how the oscars are i don't know how the tonys are for the naming stuff yeah i think uh i don't know man look if i'm saying that i like a musical then you can pretty much be assured it's pretty fucking good because <laughs> it's like i said it's not my thing but i i enjoy it i enjoyed it very much um i don't we're not even gonna play a song from it i don't think we don't need to no, that's what I was thinking. We didn't talk about what songs to play. We don't need to play songs from either of them, really. But there, there's so much on here, and you have to listen to the whole thing to really get it. I, mean, I think, I think for sure, there's individual songs that you can enjoy on their own. But listening to the whole thing makes it. It's, it's definitely bigger than altogether is better than just one at a time. Oh yeah, I, I don't think it but really. I swear, I can't. I, it took me forever, just like watching a TV show where I can't finish it. It took me forever to listen to the end of it because one, I didn't want to end. Two, I was really up, um, afraid of how upset I would be after he died, <laughs> because I was so upset at up uh, of the after the son died. So I was because I, li- I was listening to that in a train station. I'm like, I'm crying in the middle of a bunch of people. I, this is terrible. But the ending song is not as it's more inspirational. I, I love giving Jefferson the line where he's like, you know, I'm uh, he did a really good job putting this bank together. I, it would take a lot of effort to to take it apart, and believe me, I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I it took me a while just because it's so fucking long. I mean, it's really long, and it's not like other kinds of music where you can kind of listen to it and not pay full attention. Yeah, it's not background music for sure. You have to yeah, you have focus to. on the lyrics. Yeah, because I so I sometimes like to re- listen to music when I read, but I really ha- had trouble doing that with with Hamilton because I wanted to hear what was going on. Well, yeah, it's a it's a story. I mean. Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. you know, yeah, I, I, the first time I listened to it, that's kind of what I did. Just like I had it on while I was reading and stuff, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't catch most of what went on. I was like, oh, it's catchy. I, I mean, yeah, which is good. There are songs. First, you, know, you said this isn't hip hop. You threw your music player down. You had to go to Best Buy to buy a new music player. Yeah, because I stomped on it too. Yeah, well, I thought throwing it. You're very strong. You would have broken it. Oh, I'm just surprised. I didn't know they uh, program robots robots to cry now. But you said you were crying on the train, so major upgrade. Two point oh. Uh, I yeah. was in the station. You were what? In the train station. Oh, excuse me. So different than being on a train. Best supporting actor is the Academy Award. Best featured actor is the Tony. So David Diggs Diggs won Best Featured Actor, and related to Tay, probably. Gotta be. Leslie Odom Jr. won Best Actor. 
Is he related to Leslie Odom Sr.? Don't think so. Oh, it's weird. Um, and he was very good in Person of Interest. Yeah, I it's a it's a definite recommendation for me, and I was surprised. Like when things get this hyped, yeah, it's really hard to live up to. But it's very good, man. Like very good. It's, yeah, yeah, and I mean the people who are hyping it come from all manner of walks of life. Yes. But what he, you know, who don't doesn't who didn't hype it. If you go on Amazon and read reviews, you read things like, "There's too much cursing in this musical." You gotta be kidding me. Nope. And then uh, there's barely it, any, by the way. I think we mentioned the two <laughs> incidents of cursing. But sit down, John. And uh, there's another person who had similar sentiment, but updated it and said, "It's okay. They put parental advisory on the on it, so I'm not as upset now." Didn't change any of the content of what was in it, but all right. Uh, he just wants kids to be told that there's cursing on this. Don't listen to it. You might learn something with cursing involved. Yeah. I, I mean, you do have to shield kids from cursing because, you know, you and I, we didn't hear those words until we were well into our 20s. So it's, Correct. A, it's a good plan, parents. But I, I can't say enough good things about this. Everything about it is good. And I think the fact that he, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is so exuberant and so fun in interviews and he was on Colbert. He was fun. He was like I said on that, uh, uh, how to be awesome. And he was really had a great, and it was clear from the beginning that he was a fan of Michael Ian black. And it's kind of disappointing to me that Michael Ian black wasn't being like Michael Ian black for that show. He just, he's very earnest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they could have a hilarious time together, but he was just being himself. I mean, being, yeah, just being a, a less, sarcastic person but it was anyway he's just exuberant guy like so i watched he was on sesame street and he was just as fun on that as he is on everything else and then i i realized and saw when i was looking at his wikipedia that he played a part on minor family company oh did he yeah it was one episode but i want to want to rewatch the episode to see it because i remember it being funny but i don't remember his part that well he played do you remember when jay got the dog uh uh, yeah. I, she got the guy w- was at the super, supermarket trying to sell this dog treat way to teach dogs to do things like the one thing tasted Wait, really that bad. was him that that was him oh shit so i need to rewatch that to see him he had the good dog treats and the bad dog treats yes yeah exactly oh shit <laughs> i had no idea dude and uh he's going to be in the new mary poppins movie all right. Well, you know, yeah, he's one of those dudes who, like you said, you just like you root for him. You're like, yeah, oh, you, de- you deserve all your success, dude. I mean, not just because he's talented either, but just because he seems like such a cool guy. That's the yeah, that's a, another point in his favor. He was talking about where he came from. He went to Hunter College in New York, which I guess is a, a magnet public school that you have to test into when you're young. And he's, he's like, so when I was seven years old, I passed an IQ test. and I basically won the lottery because I got to go to this school that is awesome and it's public and it's free. And it's just the city of New York creating a, a place for all these really smart people to be. And I was got really lucky because I wasn't that smart. So he was just the entire time. He's super humble. And he's talking about the, in the Heights he wrote when he was a sophomore in college, I think he went to NYU. And when he was at NYU, he met, uh, uh, what's the Philip Maller? Maller? What's that author? Norman right? Maller? Norman Maller. He met his son, his youngest son. And uh, so he's talking about the they got together and they created this 
this space, this art space. And, and Michael Ian Black's like, I guess one of you was really rich. And he's like, yeah, I was lucky that, that Norma Mailer's son was, was in the group and he had the money to put it together. And without that, I wouldn't have been able to do the play. And in reality, maybe that's true, but maybe not because he's super talented. But it's like he's willing to give credit everywhere. Yeah, no, and that's – I mean that's what decent people do too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. nobody – nobody does it all on their own no matter how much you might and like you said he is super talented but like i said before too you know there's lots of super talented people doing community theater and stuff who aren't aren't known you know so yeah yeah at least he recognizes that um yeah i don't know yeah he's a cool guy man and his i haven't seen it but i guess there's a tv show based on that group they have the what's it called the freestyle freestyle supreme love sounds like a pizza to me love freestyle supreme or something like that uh so they just do freestyle raps they and it just goes on and on and that sounds fun i haven't seen the show but it sounds like it's fun well and he wrote all the i mean he wrote this fucking thing too man like and this isn't like a uh, a fucking jukebox musical which you and i should write because really what you don't have to write the songs so how difficult can it be you just write and around the songs you already have like all your subjects and everything he like wrote this shit and you know he did the research and it's like entertaining and educational and man. well that, that, and that's another great thing about it is how he came up with the story for hamilton you've heard that right i thought he based it on a book he read he did yeah so he, he was taking a vacation after his first vacation after in the heights was really popular he was going to the beach and he went to the the bookstore at the airport and just picked up ron chernell's a biography of of Hamilton and he read it and as he read it he said this needs to be a musical <laughs> so what's really awesome about that story is first that he gives credit to the there's no reason he had to this is all this is all history so he doesn't have to give credit to Ron Chernow for putting this together but he first of all he does that but he also brought Ron Chernow in to be the historical like, advisor advisor for it and and which worked out awesome because you could think of people who would not enjoy that. But I read a story about Chernow and he's like, he's seen Hamilton forty times. He loves being around these people. He's like, I'm the oldest guy there, but they all, I thought they would just stay away from me, but they all came up to me and asked for ideas. And the, I I had to get out of persnickety histor- historian mode most of the time, but mostly it's historically accurate. I, I the only said thing i said was that uh, lafayette and lawrence and and hamilton didn't meet this early and that and and uh they're like oh well, you have to do it this early to set things up and he's like that makes sense to me and it's not that big of a deal right so it's just so cool that, that he brought him in to be a big part of things where he didn't necessarily have to do that see yeah the whole thing it's like this is the kind of story you need to hold on to when the news is what it is yeah. yeah, yeah, and he was the perfect guy to respond to the news for what it is with his speech to Tony's love, 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 love. Yeah. So yeah, he is great. Yeah. So we that's two thumbs up for Hamilton, two thumbs down for 1776. Yeah, I'm not going to see the movie. No, no, I won't either. Um, I'll just watch but some old Night Rider. Now that you mention it, I should look into like. Because I know that if you go far enough into the future, you can get tickets to Hamilton, like at regular price. You just have to go on the calendar until they're there. Oh so you no shit! I think that's how it works. I, I heard people talking about it. Maybe it doesn't work like that anymore. Maybe it's impossible. But somebody was talking about it. it was like he got tickets for November and he bought them in January or something. Was the yeah. early tickets you could get, and that 
That'd be neat. I That'd be okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. I've never uh, seen an adult play on Broadway. I, I saw Susicle when my sister's kids were young. She took me with it because I always sent them Dr. Seuss books, and that was fun. But never anything that was like. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Maybe we should try to plan a trip out there. We can all go. That'd be yeah. fun. When you say all, do you mean just you? Everybody Viv? in New York. Oh, I I thought you meant everyone listening to the podcast right now. That would just be you, me, and Viv. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Look at Michael Morris, David. No, yeah, that's, that's true. Amy. Oh, Amy. there's more. All right, recommendations, Asians, 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 Asians. You have one. Or you want me to go first? No, I do. Uh, been rewatching Freaks and Geeks, and uh, forgot how great that show is. That's got to be top five for me, man. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, because it's well, first of all, the casting is like probably Excellent. the best casting of any show ever. And it's funny, but unlike like everybody involved, like Judd Apatow and Paul Feig and even, you know, James Franco and uh, what's his name? Uh, what is his name? Seth Rogen. Um, you know, they've all gone on, but to do very like kind of broad comedies. But this is like so true. The comedy all comes kind of from truth, and it's mm-hmm. got a big heart, unlike a lot of the the later broader stuff. Um, and it's just so fucking good. I I was thinking like maybe we should do one of those things like other podcasts do, where we just do an episode a week of this one show um, for Freaks and Geeks because it's only one season and it's so fucking good, man. I forgot how much I loved it. Anyway, that's my recommendation. I just streaming wanted... everywhere. Uh, is it is on Netflix? Yep. Uh, it is, I mean, not only is it good casting in that everybody's perfect for their parts, but it's good casting in that he chose people who went on to do things like, so it's not, nobody really disappeared from that cast. Oh, and Joe Flaherty has to be like the greatest TV dad ever on this show. (laughs) And the, the kid, the kid who's the star, I can't remember his name, but he's, he's not acting now, but he's doing all kinds of writing. Oh, is he? Well, he was on Bones too. I know that. Oh, that's true. So... Yeah, he was on Bones, and some guy that looked a lot like him was also on Bones, which was kind of confusing. <laughs> um, and also, the Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg preacher is... Have you watched it at all? Yeah, I do. I watched the first two episodes. Okay, excellent. And it's like... Do, oh, do you like it? Well, here's my problem with it. Um, you don't really know what's going on. Like, I th- feel like they need to get it going so it's not so confusing for people. Like, I read the comics, but even then, I was like, wait, I, I don't quite well, remember I, what's I, going on. I think they're going away from the comics, because I re... I, I, I started I, rereading it, too, yeah. Yeah, so the story is much different. I think it's just one of those things you have to wait, and they're going to explain it. But I've, I've read that they this is kind of like all the work they've done before they've done to be able to, to put the preacher together. And if I had, like known that before i watched it i would have been really apprehensive because all the work they did before while very good is not what the preacher should be right like because it's silly and it's all it's this like you said broad comedy and kind of like stoner comedy but none of that is in this no it's not at all they have their the idea of what the preacher should look like done really well and and it's casted really well so i I like that and i watched the first episode of the uh, what is it? Eleven twenty three sixty three. The James Franco Hulu show about. Oh yeah, I based, watched. I've watched the whole thing. Yeah. Based on the King. The st- oh, you watched the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. Yeah, I don't know it's, where. it's it's okay. That's what I'll say about okay, it. Okay, so it keeps staying okay. Well, yeah. I, uh, James Franco's good, and I think James Franco's pretty good. 
it's kind of a uh, interesting, interesting guy. Yeah. More interesting than you'd, ex- you'd expect him to be. But neither of those are your recommendation. No, I already recommended Preacher. Uh, I was just talking about that because I was just thinking about that cast and how everybody's done something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm recommending a mystery novel, not not a mystery novel, a crime novel called Dark Adapted Eye by Barbara Vine, but I think that's his uh, name. What, nom de plume of Ruth Rendell. Oh, okay. Uh, I've never read anything by her, but I I think she's written something in the past couple of years that was popular, and they said, and they just, I just, when I continued reading it, they said this was something that was really good, and it was. It was, it was about uh, a, a murder, and you know about the murderer from the beginning of the book, but you, and you kind of know who she murdered, but you don't know why. And so it, everything, and it's not like the Columbo kind of way, but so it's, it's a why done it instead of a who done it. Uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of a psychological analysis of characters and where they come from and where they're going. And it's set in like the nineteen, it's set in the eighties as the narrator, and then the uh, the story itself is set in the forties, like during the war wartime in, in the United Kingdom. And it's just it's very one of the things I like about it is the the narrator just says this stuff about Francis does this and. She does no explanation of who people are, so you just have to pay attention and see who they are. They are later. Oh, that's just, cool. So it, it, you just have to pay. It's, it's not spoon feeding you things and making. It's just you know, don't worry, you're gonna figure it out. Right. So, it, it's well written. Uh, yeah, that's that's my recommendation. A dark adapted eye. Oh, that sounds cool. I might have to check that out. You've read things by her before. I have not. Never read anything by her. But you've heard of her. Oh, yeah. Well, I worked in bookstores most uh, of my life, so yeah. Um, sorry. I did start Why the Last Man, enjoying it. Ah, that's good. I've recommended that in a previous episode. Yes, you did. Uh, all right. Well, that that was a kind of long, lengthy thing. I like it when it's lengthy, when I really enjoy what I'm talking about, and Hamilton gives me great joy, so that was fun. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was really good, so we recommend Hamilton to all, and... Uh, to all, good night. Yeah. Oh, uh, like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. Uh, write us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com for any reason whatsoever. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. But also, on individual episodes, comment, just like Michael Mars did. It, it makes us famous. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, do like us on Facebook, too, because I keep getting these fucking notifications like uh, Pop Culture Continuum has two new views. I don't know who's viewing it, but I think if we get enough people following it i will be able to see and then track all your internet activity so please and also uh to our fans remember to eat it's actually important you need it to sustain life i found out recently when i didn't feed my dog so uh all right sad note until next time everybody goodbye goodbye